Hello and welcome to the first Scottish Indie Podcast of 2022. Tonight I'm delighted to welcome along Tom from Silver Har. How are you going, mate? Yeah, I'm good, man. Thanks for having us on. No problem at all. I'm looking forward to getting back into it. It's been a month or so since I last recorded, so Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to everyone listening. How's your festive period been? I know it's been a, a bit disrupted uh, for everyone this year, uh, kind of like last year, unfortunately. Oh, it's been a funny one, man. It's um, I'm a I'm a school teacher by day. I, I teach music in a secondary school, uh, so it was kind of um, it was kind of getting towards the end of term, and it was kind of squeaky bum time to be honest with you, because we were all thinking, "Oh my goodness, are we going to get this?" Just as we hit hit Christmas uh, with this uh, new variant, and um, fortunately, we all managed to avoid it and um, and get through the Christmas period kind of unscathed so we got to catch up with family and things like that so it was uh it was all good but I know it's not been that way for everybody else you know so I certainly feel for all those folk who've who've been affected by it yeah that's it. it's it's kind of difficult to put into context of course we've all got our, our passions and our, our hobbies and such like that don't come on top of, of human lives of course it doesn't but I guess it has been a frustrating start to 2022 for artists and bands, given the, the uncertainty over when gigs will return in Scotland. We had the announcement we're recording on the 12th of January. This should be out hopefully by the 13th. But with the announcement that outdoor events will return to full capacity from next Monday. But there was no clarification on indoor hospitality and gigs in particular, where we're kind of left in limbo as it stands and it might just be preventing quite a lot of bands from kicking on just now. Yeah, I'm a, yeah, 100%, man. Um, I think from I think from a lot of... I know a lot of different musicians in different kind of parts of the industry. Some are engineers um, who are who literally have just had all of their work cancelled for, for the foreseeable, you know. Um, and then you've got the venues Um and I know quite a few venues that just haven't managed to survive uh, through through uh, the last couple of years, and it's a real shame. There's, there's been some incredible venues. I think I think I heard that the Epstein Theatre in Liverpool had to shut its doors um, for good, and it's been it's been such a, a big part of that that town, you know, for for many many years. So so I really feel for those. I feel for those individuals who are running their businesses and how deeply they've been affected, but. Um, but certainly as bands, yeah. I mean, it's it's been funny for us because we we started probably as a result of the um, uh, the fact that we were kind of all uh, at home for so long during the first lockdown, and so in a strange roundabout way, you know, the the pandemic was probably responsible for us getting together. But then, you know, uh, conversely, it's it's been also the thing that has kind of stopped us from going out gigging and and you know doing what we love doing and in that extent so so it's a very it's it's a very conflicting kind of situation for a lot of people i think um and as you say of course lives are lives are the most important thing in this entire in this entire situation so you i've just tried to keep that at the forefront of my views the whole time you know yeah that, that's it i certainly won't get into the the what's and what nots of, of the pandemic because I think that's at this stage it's possibly been been done to death. But 
we'll move on and, and talk about the the generic stuff that I normally get out the road at the start of the podcast. For those that haven't heard Silver Har, how would you describe your band? And would you give us a bit of background to, to how you guys got together? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, as far as sounds go, uh, if we were to kind of try and draw parallels, I mean, we're, we're very influenced by probably a lot of kind of 80s and 90s kind of guitar pop and, and indie guitar music. Um, I mean, I grew up listening to bands like The Cure and The Smiths and maybe lesser known bands like The House of Love and, um, you know, everything right through to maybe more mainstream stuff like um, uh, The Blue Tones and, and Manic Street Preachers. And, and I guess my taste just kind of developed over the years. I'm a big fan of guys like Biffy Clyro and Fatherson and a number of other big uh, Scottish acts that are coming out now. Um, so it's probably it's kind of without any without any main intention to do so. It's probably a kind of blend of a lot of those those bands together, um, and a lot of the songs have been written uh, with my pal Duncan, who's the uh, a guitarist in the band, and we've known each other since we were well since we were teenagers, um, and we've been in different bands over the years, but never actually played together. And as I say, during the during the first lockdown, we um, we just kind of started writing songs together and kind of trading ideas uh, via WhatsApp because it was the only way to <laughs> it was the only way to communicate. And um, and just over the course of months, uh, we kind of put put a bunch of songs together, and um, it led us up till up to actually last summer when we had this kind of we had a four track EP. Which, to be honest with you, man, we didn't actually even know was an EP. We just knew it was four tracks that we thought we were quite happy with, and um, and a few people had said, "Look, you should really get that out there, and um, and you know, start kind of sharing it with people." And we were like, "Oh, yeah, we probably should do that. Actually, that's might as well get it out there and see what people think." Uh, so we did that, and um, it just it kind of overwhelmed us. We got a really amazing response for. Um, for those four tracks um, and from that uh, we got offered a few gigs and sadly all but one of them was cancelled <laughs> so um, so we actually managed to still play one gig and that was in October um, and yeah we put the band together uh, for that gig and it was made up of really good mates um, who, have, who I've played with over the years and, and it finds us now um, where we are, where we're just uh, keeping writing, we're releasing a couple of singles, and we've got an album on the way. So, so yeah, that's the kind of journey <laughs> that we've been through. It's, it's an interesting one. I've spoken to quite a lot of bands and artists that have got together or started out as a result of the lockdown, which I admire straight away due to the fact that during, especially the first lockdown. I had no inspiration whatsoever to do anything. I, I, I really just struggled for... I don't, I don't even know if it was struggling for motivation. I think it was more just being a bit caught up in the the unique circumstances of it. It, it was very... It was almost kind of like an adventure to begin with, which is, <laughs> which is a really strange way to describe a global pandemic, I know, but it, it's just... It was uncharted waters, basically. We had never been in that situation before. In our lifetimes, certainly not to that extent. But but there were you guys actually creating new music, getting a band together. 
how how did you find that process? It must have been very different from bands that you were in previous to that. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. And and you know what you're saying, I totally empathise with that because I've, I mean, so many people, yeah, have have inevitably um, found this situation very different, you know, and and where some people have have maybe uh, take found it easier to kind of navigate a lot of people have re- really struggled um f- for us i guess i've been in i've been in quite a few bands over the years and um as you say it was always a case of meeting up in person and meeting in the studio and writing songs as we practice so this was very alien to me um and i guess my inspiration kind of came from the fact that because we were going to be stuck in the house for a long time I just kind of thought, you know, I'm going to struggle with this if I don't really try and find something to occupy my time. Um, so I, I took that on board and I actually purchased um, Logic as a recording software on my on my Mac. It's something I'd never used before, but I'd always intended to get my head around. And just through experimenting with that and and getting to grips with how that recording process goes, that pretty much started off our journey. I just I just started recording a few demos and from that um I played them to Duncan just purely as a mate playing playing another mate a couple of tunes that he'd written. And uh, Duncan uh, just really liked those tunes and and funnily enough our, one of our most recent singles, It's Over, was actually one of those first tunes. So it's quite nice in a way that even though we're now a year or so on from that or or maybe even longer actually. Um you know, it's nice to get these tunes really properly finished now and produced, and 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 thankfully they've kind of they're still relevant. You know, and and what they're certainly in what I'm singing about, it's still relevant uh, to me. Um, so so it doesn't feel like they're really old songs; they still feel quite fresh. Uh, does it take you back to to that kind of time as well, while there was all that uncertainty and it kind of? It reminds you of a certain point in your life, I suppose, but it's also stood the test of time, if that makes sense. You're you're kind of coming on to to 2022, so we're we're a couple of years removed from from the start of all this. But something that you've written during a time where the world stood still has continued on two years later. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm I'm a bit of a nostalgic. I would say I love uh, nostalgia, and I love I love uh, how music can instantly take you somewhere that you've been in your life, uh, take you back to that moment or that even that emotion. It can conjure up an emotion that you felt long ago just yeah, by totally. listening to it. Um, and I think I think probably that's one of the things that I quite naturally. Uh, do with my songs um, without necessarily thinking too much about it but I think a lot of my songs probably are quite emotive uh, whether that's lyrically or or how the music kind of matches up with it and and that's because a lot of my favourite my favourite bands that I've listened to over the years very much do that too I mean um, if, I, if I heart back to The Cure and the way Robert Smith wrote a lot of his songs the, the lyrics were quite sombre but they were kind of mixed in with what felt like quite an uplifting kind of indie guitar pop band. Um, and 
geez, the Smiths were the kind of absolute masters of that. You had Johnny Marr's, you know, stunning arrangements, but underneath it, Morrissey was kind of wailing about <laughs> how unhappy he was in certain aspects of his life. And so, yeah, I think um, I definitely, uh, I definitely, I definitely feel that. You know, even though these some of these songs, sorry, I should say, uh, a couple of the songs are have have been from a couple of years ago. I think certainly for us, they stand the test of time because they're still um, they're just capturing those moments, as you say, kind of bringing us back to what we were thinking at that time and what we were feeling at that time. And I think I don't know. I think people connect with that. I think uh, generally that's maybe one of the things a lot of people look for when they listen to music. So, so hopefully. Uh, we can we can do a reasonable job of kind of giving that to to our listeners. No, I, I, t- I totally get that. And another thing that I'm quite intrigued by is bands that set up during the lockdown. You, you've obviously not had that opportunity to to be out there playing gigs or or even just kind of self promote in public. So you're having to do it all quite organically. Uh, I know you've done quite a lot of of media and, and podcasts and, and such like. But how do you go about building up that reputation? Is it almost all-consuming because you've got to be so active in social media and be pushing your stuff so regularly? Or did you just kind of let it happen? It's uh, It must be quite a quandary when you've, you've got this material that you're really confident in. But then how do you get people to listen to it or how do you get people to to even set their ears on it to begin with. Yeah, do you know that's that in its very self is something that's absolutely brand new to me. Um because in previous bands that I've been in, it's very much been about gigging and that's how you get your music out there and how you make it public. So as with a lot of bands through through the current climate, I've been having to think about how they're going to do that in a different way. And I think what we've very uh well, very recently kind of tapped into is the, how social media can kind of spread that. And I've got to be honest, I'm a social media cynic. I've, <laughs> I've never been one who's used Facebook a lot or, or any of the other platforms, but um, through, through this band, it's been actually really inspiring tapping into some of that network um, and I find I find I talk about it a lot, but uh, the Twitter has been something particularly I'd never used in my life before until this band. And it was a few pals who had band said, you know, you should look at maybe joining Twitter and sticking some stuff up there and see what it's like, because there's quite a good kind of uh, group of people on there who are really interested in new music. And I thought you know, just as a tokenistic thing, yeah, sure, I'll do that. I'll stick something up and see what happens. And it's just been absolutely amazing. I mean, the community on there, not just not just in Scotland, but right across the whole of um, the UK and beyond, it's just unbelievable. And what what is unbelievable about it is the fact that everybody on there is entirely in it to support each other. There's no feeling of competitiveness or kind of trying to drive each other out of the limelight or anything like that I mean it's just it's a really nurturing place to be and I never in my life thought I would say that about <laughs> about social media um yeah some of the bands we've connected with on there um 
who are in similar positions to yourself have just been amazing. They've been sharing our stuff and and of course as vice versa. And even um just before Christmas, um I think it was I think it ended up with 19, I hope I've not missed any, but 19 indie bands all came together before Christmas to put a version of uh, the Live Aid song together. Um, and it was called Minded. And we raised, I think as it stands, we've raised something like three and a half thousand pounds for mental health charity, just on the back of that single and just sharing it amongst our, our followers on Twitter. So I guess what I would say is it's just it's just really nice to actually be a part of that and and to be and to be part of that scene. And through that, uh, we'll we've got gigs with some of the guys who are on there. So yeah, uh, I think it's it's more important than ever to to look for other avenues to share your music and and we're not we're not embarrassed to do so you know i think it's i think it's a really it's actually just been an amazing inspiration for us to see that that taking place yeah again i think you've hit the nail on the head there the the word community is it's so apt because in a world especially on social media where there's so much infighting and it's, it's a cesspit at times to be perfectly honest but in the music scene it seems like circumstances have brought people closer together and, and people are more willing to to help each other out, which is a, a fantastic thing. And it's only gonna it's only gonna benefit people like myself who just loves listening to music and loves attending gigs because the more bands about, the more bands you're gonna enjoy and in a day, hopefully not in the too distant future, when we're all back to to some sort of normality that it's going to be it's going to be fantastic. We've had that that kind of taste of it between August and the middle of December, where there were so many gigs, there's so many emerging talents as well coming through. It's possibly the most exciting time, I think, in the Scottish music scene for for a couple of decades. To be perfectly honest with you, so it's it's, it's a really exciting time, and to not have that invite and and instead it be replaced by a sense of community and a togetherness. It, it's uh, it's a fantastic thing to see, and it's a it's a fantastic thing as an outsider just looking in on it. Um, it's quite uplifting, actually. Yeah, it really is, man. And and the thing is, like, uh, I know you're saying as an outsider, but I, I, I mean, I think I can speak for for every band that is involved in that community, like the people who do podcasts and reviews and the radio presenters. And the people who run venues and promote gigs. I mean, it's it's probably the first time in my gigging life that I've seen how every single person is an absolutely integral part of that community, and and that in itself is actually really inspiring because it just I don't know it's it's so nice to see the way that people all support each other, no matter you know in every aspect of of that industry. Yeah, I've never really considered that. It's, it's, it feels like a, a very minor part of it, but if there's anything that you can do to to help people out and help promote the great work they're doing, then I'm certainly more than happy to do it. And I know that there's a there's a whole host of, of people in Scotland and down south and, and beyond that are so dedicated to doing these things and, and get so much enjoyment out of it, uh, which certainly is my... Uh, reason for for doing this podcast and it just kind of grows arms and legs and hopefully provides a, a platform for people to tell their 
they're interesting stories, that's for sure. We'll move on and talk about the WEP, the, the Lights Out EP that came out in July of last year. First of all, it was really well received. He ended the year with the, the Weekender Magazine uh, EP of the Year nomination. And then a month after you had released the EP, you also released the title track as a, a remastered single. How pleasing was it to, to finally get that music out there and then the subsequent response to it? Uh, I mean, pleasing is an understatement, to be honest, mate. We were, I mean, so this was the first time for me that I had uh, ever fronted a band, like sang my own material. I've, I've played in a lot of bands and guitar and done the backing vocals, but this was the first time actually doing, uh, doing the upfront stuff. So for me, that was terrifying for want of a different <laughs> for want of a different word. Um, so to get to get that positive response is quite overwhelming, actually, um, and I think we still pinch ourselves that that it has been received so well. Um, but also the fact that, I mean, even recording those songs was was kind of so such a bizarre experience because usually you think you go into a studio and you get some studio time and you get it all uh, recorded and then you send it off to a producer and you get it remixed and mastered and what have you. But for us, it was actually uh, a large part of that was recorded in Duncan's shed on a laptop because it was literally the only medium that we had to record anything in. Um, so... Yeah, fortunately, Duncan, I should say, is a as a sound engineer by trade, so his skills were essential to actually getting these tunes recorded and getting them in a uh, you know sounding uh, professionally um, mastered and and to a state where they could actually be released. So there's a lot of credit that's got to go to him for that. But um, yeah, no, it was it was it was amazing to get that response and and the nomination kind of came completely out of the blue to us. We had we had no idea that it would that it'd even been noticed in that uh, to that extent. So I think what what that's ultimately done is just given us a massive boost, probably just right when we need it, when when it's difficult to get a gigging. Um, and that's kind of given us the boost to really go ahead and get this album um going and get some more material um out there. Um, like the recent singles, so so yeah, it's it's been an amazing uh, journey that it's came on, and uh, and um yeah, we're just uh, we're really grateful that people have listened to it and and given us such positive feedback. How did the decision come about to to release Lights Out as a as a standalone single uh, in a, a remastered forum? That was because um, there was a couple of reasons. So when we put the EP out didn't have any out as singles and so the EP was just basically sitting there for people to play whatever track they liked on it um, and that included of course um, uh, people on the radio and what have you and Lights Out seemed to be the one that people were grabbing onto quite a lot but the the mix that we had done of that as for the reasons that I said before about the recording process was relatively limited and we were never really 100% happy with the final product. So we um, basically took it back and um, got got fresh eyes on it and got it just basically to be to be remastered to, to a radio-ready kind of level in the view that then hopefully it would open up to 
to a wider kind of radio community who who would be who would be willing to play it, um, which is ultimately what happened. So and it's and it's done really well um, as far as we're concerned. So so yeah, that was the reason behind that. And you've you've already alluded to it, but as you continue to work on your own material, you also were involved in the Minded project for Tiny Changes. It's it's a remarkable effort from everyone involved. Uh, it's as a, a huge frightened rabbit fan, Tiny Changes are a, a charity very close to to Moanheart. Um, a fantastic sum of money raised, and again, a, a great example of that that community spirit that exists within the, the Scottish indie scene, if you will. Uh, just now, how how was that experience? Obviously, given some of the things that we've mentioned in the build up to this, uh, there was obviously not the opportunity to all get together in the, the one room and record the song, I would imagine. No, exactly. It was, again, it was such a, a you know, historically it would be viewed as a very bizarre way to go about it, but it was the only way to go about it. So it started with uh, um, Jordan from Arcade State uh, just posted the idea. He was kind of like, I think he said he did it as a joke, just kind of like, oh, on Twitter, you know, uh, maybe we should all do a big uh, Christmas single, eh? And literally from there, it just spiralled uh, to the point where there was, as I say, about 19 people involved, including, I should say, um, some uh, radio presenters and some uh, bloggers. And, yeah, it just, it was it was amazing because it was all done through a WhatsApp group and we just chatted and we kind of came up with ideas and we thought, do you know what? We've actually got an opportunity here with if we take all of our followers from all our different pages and we put something out there, we have the potential to actually do something that could make a difference here and for a for a cause that we're all really passionate about. I mean, for me as a guy growing up in the west of Scotland, you know, your your mental health has never been something that people openly talk about um, as a man. And so we feel we felt really strongly about being involved in that and about spreading that message. And and I think Tiny Changes was the was the perfect uh, charity to raise money for. Um, I myself am a big Frightened Rabbit fan, and I think that the story uh, behind that was was something that that registered with myself and and a lot of people who who knew Frightened Rabbit. And so, so yeah, I, I mean, the, the process of recording it, if I can go to that, that was basically, um, we all sent uh, this chap, Joe Adamer, um, who is a producer uh, and songwriter, um, we sent him vocal takes of the song, um, and he, I have no idea how he did it, but he basically cut all the different parts and put them together. And, and produced the whole thing. Um, literally, some people, I think, rec- recorded, had to record on their iPhone, you know, it must have been. I have no idea how he did it and how he got it sounding so amazing. Um, he's a very talented guy. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so it was literally a case of all these different, you know, 20 different parts all coming to him, eh, different recordings, and he put the whole thing together. And then from there, it was just a case of, of getting it out there to folk and trying to spread the word. And and just doing all we could to to try and raise what we could for the charity. Yeah, and it, it has. He's done an absolutely tremendous job. The 
the sentiment coming out of it as well. I think it's it's really encouraging to to see so many people opening up on the on their struggles and and kind of convey the message that it, it is okay not to be okay at times. We we all have our we all have our struggles. We all have. I, I think it's basically just opening up and 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 telling someone close to you or even a, a stranger in social media or, or anything really in, in terms of just being able to to say that you're struggling is, is such a powerful thing. We've had so many heartbreaking stories of, of in particular young males taking the, their own lives because unfortunately they've not been able to open up. They've, they've let their struggles take over. And when we find out that they were struggling, it was too late. So projects like that and the work that Tiny Changes are doing and, and so many other mental health charities are doing across the, the UK, it's it's imperative that these these charities get back in and, and to do it in such a, a way it really grabs the attention. I thought it was it was wonderfully imaginative and yeah, it's just fantastic work. Uh, I've not really had the, the chance to speak about that on the podcast before but yeah it was it was absolutely tremendous and, and so good to see and everyone involved should be so proud yeah i mean it was an absolute privilege for us to be a part of it um and as you said i mean the it's such an important cause uh, to raise awareness about but um particularly particularly because people do feel so afraid to talk about it and just if that just reaches one person and makes that difference then it was worth it you know um to get that message out there and for us actually it, it was a kind of it was a merry coincidence the fact that it was happening at christmas because we all discussed that and we thought you know you know people are expecting a kind of a rosy christmas song to be coming out uh, you know singing about how happy christmas is and and when we all chatted about it. We we're saying actually, this is the time when sometimes people who aren't feeling good can be made to feel even worse because they're not feeling so good about Christmas. And and that was that was the key message behind it was saying, look, you know, as you say, it's okay to not feel okay, regardless of what time of year it is, regardless of how everyone else feels. Um, and if we all just bear that in mind, and we can, we do what we can to be there for people and let them know that they're not on their own, then we can make a massive difference. Yeah, certainly. No one's ever alone. And I think that the the work of MindAid will, will really help convey that message on a, a large scale. So, so well done again to everyone involved there. You still had more material to, to release before Christmas, and It's Over was released on the 20th of December. And again, Tom, it's been fantastically well received. I, it was one that I heard, I'm trying to remember the first time I heard it, but it was just, it struck me straight away and it, it's still one that continues to be in fairly <laughs> steady rotation on my Spotify. I, it's a fantastic tune and really it's it's wet the appetite for the album coming in, in 2022. Well, thank you very much for saying that. Um, that so that, believe it or not, I think that was the second tune that I'd written uh, way back and and it just kind of sat there because for a couple of reasons we didn't have we we hadn't recorded it um, properly and as a band I kind of wanted to get everybody involved uh, in the new material and make sure so that all the the original EP 
um, was actually mostly recorded by myself and Duncan. And um, it wasn't until that came out that we managed to get the band together. So for me, it was really important that all these new tunes feature everybody in the band. And um, that's just such an important part, part of being in a band um, for everyone to feel ownership of it. So, so that was the idea with releasing that's over at this point. Was I felt it was a strong enough tune that um, it was worth getting everyone on that. And um, actually, the other, the other thing was that's worth mentioning is that Joe Adamar, who produced Minded, actually also produced that single. So he um, he he basically got in touch uh, through the Minded with myself, and we kind of struck up a friendship. Um, and through that, he he offered to produce uh, produce that song for us. Uh, and and we've actually we've got a song, our first ever collaboration single is coming out in uh, two days' time. Uh, on Friday the 14th with Joe and this is a song that Joe actually wrote the kind of instrumental part for and sent us and, and we put our own melody and uh, lyrics to it and so yeah it's even that in itself that kind of journey of, of um, going through Mind Aid meeting Joe and then and this new material coming from it has been has been really uh, a really nice um, pro- product of all of, of all of those different um, experiences video is really nicely shot as well. Can you give us a bit of background on that? Well, uh, the video, now, the, vid- the video was recorded uh, entirely on iPhones and it was, I should say, on iPhones exclusively because that was the only way that we were able to do it at that time. Um, again, due to uh, different things that were going on with restrictions and what have you. But um, the idea for the video was to be, was to kind of conjure up an image of a kind of dream, I guess, a dream state or, or being kind of locked in your own mind, which is where, where the lyric came from. The lyric was about, um, it was about a kind of doomed relationship and about uh, a man who's kind of trapped inside his own mind and battling with his own um, his own demons in in regards to relationships and I had kind of yeah I mean it, it, it doesn't stretch the imagination to see that that's probably a personal thing from it from my past but yeah I wanted to I wanted to capture that idea of this guy just being lost in his thoughts um, and and so that that was the idea of that kind of imagery within the video uh, was to capture that. There for about two minutes before I realised I was on mute. That was good. <laughs> As we approach the, we don't approach anything. The New Year's here, uh, and it's a time that we tend to to set our goals for the year ahead. I suppose the first thing up for Silver Har is thirteenth note on the the fifth of February. Yeah, so we're we're extremely fortunate that gig's able to go ahead, and it's purely down to the size of the venue. Um, so the 13th note, because it's capped up, uh, they're able to cap it at 100. It can still go ahead, um, 100 indoor standing. So, yeah, so that gig's uh, 5th of February. And then we've got a gig down in Newcastle the following Saturday, the 12th. And um, Deliberator Records, who are, a, who are a new kind of Glasgow label, run by an unbelievably supportive chap called Kami. Um, he is pressing a kind of limited edition um, bunch of CDs, uh, which is like a double A side of It's Over and the new single on Friday Mountains. 
along with a couple of bonus tracks. So that will be our first physical release too, which will be um, getting sold at the gigs and also uh, via the Deliberator Records website. So that's that's a really nice kind of bonus for us to to have that coming out at the same time. Yeah, that'll certainly be be really exciting. And you've mentioned the the plans for the the album as well. When do you foresee that to be released? So the album, we're, we're in the process of recording that right now, um, and we hope to have that finished and uh, released uh, probably for Easter, I would say, is, a, is, is what we're looking at just now. Um, but there'll be another idea just to have a, maybe another single uh, coming out before then as well. So there'll be more new music released, and we've got uh, a kind of mini Scottish tour um, that is just getting coordinated just now too for, for around the time of the release as well. There you go. This year... Ditch the Easter eggs instead, Silver Hair album. That's a, <laughs> a nice replacement. Let's away with tradition this year. We'll make an exception, I think. You've just made maybe we should throw in a wee chocolate with your CD as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure you could you could get some bargain Christmas stuff just now. So maybe a time to, to start snapping it up, save yourself some money. <laughs> Sounds like a good idea, right? <laughs> Possibly a, a tricky one to answer, but if we were to fast forward a year from now, so we're in January 2023, where would you like to see Silverhar? What would you like to have achieved by then? Well, I suppose, I mean, I mean, we are genuinely just delighted that we're able to be doing what we're doing, which is writing writing music that we really enjoy writing and playing and be out and be able to go out and, and perform it to people so I mean if we can continue on in that vein then great and and the more people that get to listen to it and enjoy it um, the better as far as we're concerned but I guess I would hope that in a year's time hopefully hopefully restrictions are, are, are gone to the extent that people can get back to going out and seeing live music and and feeling feeling safe to do so um, so we certainly we certainly hope to continue to be a part of of this amazing Scottish music scene that's that's developing as we speak, um, and to and to yeah to continue releasing new music. Um, this this album we've we've spent quite a bit of time putting together, and I think it's going to be one that we'll be really proud of. But you know, you're only as good as your last song, so <laughs> so it's important for us to keep writing and keep releasing music, and 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 we certainly intend to do so. Definitely looking forward to it, I must say, uh, roll on Easter. <laughs> In terms of the generic questions, we're back to that stage of the podcast where I've got a, a few for you. At this point of the podcast, I tend to ask the guest for three Scottish bands that we may have heard of, may not have heard of, bands or artists uh, that you would like to recommend that you very much enjoy listening to. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, geez, there's so many. So many Scottish bands from over the years, but I think most of the ones that uh, um, most of, most of the ones that everybody will know uh, get enough publicity anyway. So um, I'll I'll recommend a few that maybe people haven't heard, uh, who are uh, up and coming and who are absolutely amazing. Um, starting with um, Arcade State, they've been an amazing support to us on on Twitter, um, but they are quite rightly getting a lot of uh, acknowledgement at the moment um, beyond, I mean, in, in the wider music community, they've just been nominated, I think, for Band of the Year by a couple of stations. 
Um, and yeah, they're one without a shadow of a doubt to check out. They are absolutely brilliant. Their song Silence, which they released just before Christmas, is one of my tracks of 2021. It was incredible. Um, another uh, band is uh, called Distant Images, and they are supporting us at the 13th Note. Um, and they are amazing. It's a, it's a um, couple who write all the music and they've put a band together um, to go on tour now and we're really excited to, to do a gig with them. And they're just such lovely people as well. We, we kind of have chatted a lot with them over the last kind of six months or so. So it's really nice to see them developing as well. And um, their music's all on Spotify. It's well worth checking out. Um, and the third one I would say is, um, is Jones, who was involved in the Minded single too. And uh, she goes by the name Sylvie. And she is also getting a lot of um, uh, a lot of acknowledgement at the moment in the music community, and rightly so. She has one of the most amazing voices I think I've ever heard. Um, and actually, see, even just to go on to her Twitter and see some of her chat, her chat is absolutely brilliant. I think uh, she's, she's the kind of person who will capture you, not just for her music, but for her personality as well. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to see how she how she progresses over the next over the next year or so. Thank you very much for that. And just before we finish up, what we'd like to do is, is take the opportunity to to thank yourself, Tom, for for giving up so much of your time tonight. It's been an absolute pleasure getting the chance to speak to you, and I wish you all the best for for 2022. It's it's shaping up to be a good one, that's for sure. Yeah, I hope so, man. I mean, and and as I say, thank you so much for uh, thank you so much for having us on, and thank you so much for all that you do to to support um, bands like ourselves. You know, it doesn't it doesn't go unnoticed, and we're extremely grateful for for the platform that you present us to to kind of talk about our music and and talk about everything else as well. So so thank you. Oh, an absolute pleasure. Uh, just before we go, it's the stage is yours to to tell us where we can find you on social media where we can buy anything that you would like to sell us uh, yeah basically just just flaunt yourself <laughs> I'm not sure I'm too good at that but I'll do my best so uh, you can you can find us on um, Facebook and uh, Instagram at uh, Silver Har Band is the tag for that uh, on Twitter we are Har Silver um, and we are on every uh, streaming platform as far as I'm aware we're on Apple and, and Spotify and um, and Amazon and whatever else places. Um, as far as physical releases go, our first re release will be out um, at the end of January, and you'll be able to find that on theliberatorrecords.com, uh, which is the website for, for the label. And yeah, and you, you can see us live for the first uh, time in 2022 on the 5th of February at the 13th Note in Glasgow. Uh, and I believe there's still a few tickets left. I don't think there's many, but if you're fast, uh, you might be able to grab one. And we hope to see you there. I mean, see, you channeled your, your inner Del Boy quite well there. I was quite impressed by that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know I had it in me, to be honest. But there you go. Well, thanks again for, for coming on, Tom. I'll just wrap it up just now. You've been listening to the Scottish Indie Podcast. I'll be back in 10 days' time. Until then, thank you and goodbye. Set